0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is a show that brings you actionable tips and ideas to improve your business and your life from expert guests. And as always, we do have a lot of expert guests. Today is no exception. But first, let me introduce co-host Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. And today we have the great pleasure of having Nancy Becker with us today. She uh, is a chronic and autoimmune disease specialist. She's a number one international bestselling author, founder and president of Invisible Warriors. Welcome, Nancy. How are you? Thank you so much and I'm doing great today. <laughs> today Nancy will uh, will be yakking with her uh, about how she helps women with invisible disabilities start businesses. So before we get into that, Nancy, can you give us a little bit about your back, background and what led you to um, start a nonprofit to help women with chronic illnesses and invisible disabilities? Sure, that's my favorite topic. (laughs) Uh, I've been a business
2: consultant for about 40 years. And nine years ago, I was in a very serious hit and run car accident. (sighs) And um, as a consequence of that, I lost the use of most of my body. Uh, Started out with my left leg, then it went over into my right leg, then it's throughout my entire body now. I'm now in a wheelchair and, you know, and I laid in bed for a year and a half and thought, wow, I don't want to be here. Yeah, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't anything. And then one morning I woke up and it was like I'd been hit on the back of the head. And I hear this voice saying, you're not dying, get up, get off your butt. And do something to help other women, you've got the skills, you've got the ability, don't sit there feeling sorry for yourself, but get out there and support others. And so that's how the whole thing started.
0: Wow, 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 wow. So uh, I, I've got to ask you a, a somewhat facetious question that, uh, and I saw this when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, it's there right in front of you Flying Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. So <laughs> that where did you get that handle from?
2: Well, if you sit around waiting for pigs to fly, ah, nothing's okay. going to happen.
0: Yeah, good one, so, good one. you yeah, got to get I,
2: out there. You know, you gotta get out there, you gotta make it happen, or you're just gonna <laughs> sit in bed the no, time. No, I
0: think it's I think it's marvelous, I really do. Um it reminds me of that saying that what happened if you can wrestle with a pig in mud or, or both of you end up muddy, or there's something like that as well. Um but the pig enjoys it. That was the, that was the end of that little thing. <laughs> so Nancy, on your website, I'm quite amazed by this. You, said on your web, you say on your website that one out of two American adults live with a chronic illness, and, and that, that is really disturbing. I never would have believed it was that high. So what are some of the consequences, effects, and costs of this situation if, you know, if we're looking at that, that ratio?
2: Well, the biggest problem with all of this is that for most people that have these chronic and autoimmune diseases, they go undiagnosed and the doctors don't know what it is. The doctors will take tests. They'll do x-rays. It's like my foot after 16 surgeries, I've still got three different doctors that says there's nothing wrong. Let's do physical therapy. Oh, let's amputate your legs. Three different doctors, three different diagnoses, Mm -hmm. and they still can't name what's going on. And so many women, they don't want to even go to the doctor. They don't want to even admit that they need help or that there's something wrong. And so they just keep on going to the best of their ability for as long as they can until they finally do break down and go to the doctor. And imagine this, they're sitting there, they're telling the doctor what's going on. The doctor takes tests, he does blood work, he does x-rays, and comes back in and says, well, I think you just need to lose a little weight. There's nothing wrong with you. How does that? define the person to herself then you know and then she goes home in and her husband's yelling because there's dishes in the sink her kids are screaming because she didn't take them to the basketball game all of these things going on and she says i guess maybe i am crazy You know, I'm just going to go to bed and stop it there. Of those one in two or one in three, and that's an interesting thing in and of itself is because nobody has real statistics. People don't talk about it. People don't know it. People don't understand it. People aren't diagnosed. So the CDC, for instance, says one in four. The American Medical Association says one in two. We generally combine and say one in three or about 133 Mm -hmm. million women in the United States. And there's a cycle that happens. They will often lose their job because they can't work anymore. They can't do the nine to five and they need what are called accommodations, which, you know, it may be for someone who has serious migraines, they get a really bad migraine. They need someplace dark and quiet where they can go sit and try to get rid of that migraine. Well, their boss won't give them that time or there's no place in the workplace for something like that. So they lose their jobs. They've lost their job. They've lost their income. They've lost their insurance. Their husbands say, I didn't marry you for this kind of a life. I wanted us to be active and on and on and on all these things. So there is a 21% above average number of women that get divorced that have chronic illnesses. So they've lost their job. They've lost their income. They've lost their family. They lose their home because Mm -hmm. how are they going to pay a mortgage? when there's nobody there to help them, they become homeless, depressed, and they start taking drugs because the doctors won't give them medication for anything. The only way they can feel at all better is to take drugs. And seven out of 10 of these women attempt suicide at least once in their life.
0: Wow. That that is terrible.
1: Oh (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So Nancy, how would you motivate an employer to hire women with invisible disabilities well it's a i need to correct you a little bit there it started the nonprofit started
2: out looking to help women find jobs and it was literally you can't go out to work any longer we're going to show you how you can work even if it's from bed mm-hmm. so we're not really walking. We we work with the women that are past the point of where they can actually go out to work a nine-to-five job, but we, we spun that. We've just had our one-year anniversary, and we now are more focused on just women in general who have these chronic illnesses because there's so much more out there, um, but to motivate someone to work, Most women still want to be useful. They still feel like there's things that they can do. They just don't know how to do Mm -hmm. them. If I'm in bed, how do I work? Mm -hmm. Well, I get a laptop. I get a board that I can set the laptop on. I can get pillows that I can sit up, you know, against the pillows. And I can work from bed. If I, like me, I could sleep beautifully all day long the minute it gets dark outside and I go to lay down I am in so much pain that I toss and turn and can't sleep all night so for me I can switch my hours around I can sleep during the day I can work at night other women can too I have a bad memory so I have calendars I have Alexa that reminds me of things you know so that I am not forgetting appointments like this one (laughs) You know, all those kinds of things. And so we we started out teaching these women that they could do these kinds of things and showing them, number one, they're not alone. There are lots and lots of other women out there that have maybe not the exact same thing that's going on for them because we're all unique. All of our diseases are different to a certain extent, even though three people may have fibro each one of those three people is going to have different symptoms, right? So if you teach the women that they can, when they feel good to get up and do things and when they don't feel good, take the time off mm-hmm. and show them that they still can have thriving, successful lives. They just have to figure out how to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: part of that... the services that you provide is, is to it, because it's a case by case, Absolutely. Right. So you would sit with these women and sort of help them plan their day. Um, and is that how it works?
2: We have right now, we have both in-person and virtual meetings where groups of women will get together and talk and chat. And I joke and say these these meetings, you can bring wine to them, but you can't wine. <laughs> you know, it's you cannot. Just sit there and moan and groan. You have to be positive. You have to look towards the blessings. But these women get together and they talk and they will share what's going on in their lives. And they will share the things that have made their lives more successful and positive. And how do you talk to a doctor? And we have training programs on how do you run a business and training programs on advocacy. How do you go into a doctor? And the doctor says, well, just lose a little bit of weight what do you do? Do you just go, okay? Or do you say, now, wait a minute, (laughs) you know, how can you, how can you say things to support yourself, but that are not, look, you, you know, you say them in in a professional, nice way, but so that the doctor will actually stop and say, okay, I'm listening, tell me. You know, so we teach them how to do this. Um, We have, we're starting to work on, we're having a concert, a benefit concert in June. And part of the money that we're hoping to collect from this benefit concert is going to go into a pot so that a lot of times the functional, and naturopathic doctors are much more aware of what's going on with some Mm -hmm. of these disabilities than the the general mainstream doctors Mm -hmm. but we can't afford them it can cost thousands and thousands of dollars because insurance doesn't cover it Mm -hmm. so we're starting this pot of money over here so that somebody comes to us and says i really need this test i can't afford it can you help me we can give them a little bit of money so that they can maybe have a test or different things like that. Those are all things that we're doing. Mm-hmm.
1: So, 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 sorry, Peter, can I just jump carry in? Carry on, keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, so you also help women start businesses. So some of these women have been employed and they just can't do the nine to five anymore. And then you help them figure out a way of making money on their own. Talk, talk to us about that.
2: Well, a lot of times they, they still can do what they've always done. They just can't do it in the same way that they have. So one of the first things we would do is to f- help them figure out what it is they're really good at, what it is they enjoy doing, what it is they can't do any longer. And then we might have a conversation with their employer or their past employer and say, look, uh, you know, I I did good work for you. You liked my work. Is there any way that, that I can become a contractor and continue to do the work for you, but do it from home? Is there any way that we can shift my working ability so that I'm still employed by you, but that I can do it from home? You know, with so many people working from home these days, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem like an unrealistic request. Sure. So the first thing that we do is actually have a conversation with the person that was or is our employer. If that doesn't work, then we have a program that's called a flight plan, which kind of goes along with flying pigs. Okay. And in that flight plan, they create... um their goals and their dreams. Where do they see themselves in five years? What would they like to be doing? What do they think they could be doing in five years and looking at all of those things and then actually creating smart goals that are time delineated so that they can say, okay, in five years, I want to be here. And then they work backwards and it comes down to what can I do tomorrow? What can I do today? That's actually going to get me to that point, five years from now, and then we actually create these working programs, and we create the tools and the strategies that are actually going to get them there. And of course, you always have to make sure to roll in um, health changes. You know, the, sometimes if you have a chronic or an autoimmune disease, you very, very rarely get healed. There are no <laughs> cures. You can go into remission, but if you're in remission, anything and everything can change it in the blink of an eye, and you can mm-hmm. be sick again. So mm-hmm. when we're creating these these um, plans, we always figure in what it is that they may need to do if they get sick and have to take... I'm getting ready to have surgery and I'm going to have to take a month off and it's right before my concert. So how do I work on keeping the concert moving forward when I'm in bed after a surgery? So we help them plan out all these things and help them plan for the things that they don't know that are going to be happening, but that may.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Peter. Nancy, you've spoken about approaching employers to modify working conditions for 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 women who who've been beset by some chronic illness. What about? Let me go back a step. We've recently been interviewing and had guests on the show, uh, a lady who's very good at finding virtual assistants for small businesses and entrepreneurs, for two for anything from two hours a week to virtually full time. And most of those people, she sources offshore because they're very good university graduates prepared to work for a fraction of what um, North American people will work. However, um, what's the message you could give our audience of business, small business, small to medium business owners and entrepreneurs who may be looking for um, part-time remote workers? There's no reason in the world why they couldn't be talking to someone like you and saying, have you got someone that can can do a couple of hours a week for us or 10 hours a week? Um, is that part of the plan? Are you approaching businesses for that?
2: Um, we're not. Um, for the first, I, I said I was a business consultant for 35, 40 years. For the first 20 of that, I ran a virtual assistant agency. So I know it, it well. Yep. Um, yep. And I have, people that I use myself that do some of those things for Mm -hmm. me it's it's a tough thing to do though even though they don't charge anywhere near as much as right here in you know in America North America but when you're just coming out of losing your job and losing your income and you're just trying to start a business it's that can be very expensive, yes. even if it's, you know, $50 a week. That, that may be more than somebody could afford in the beginning. So that's another thing that we look at is what is it? If you've got this business and it does this and this and this, what can you do? What can't you do? What needs to be done on an immediate basis? What needs to be planned for a couple, three weeks out so that you've got the time to work on it? are there things that need to be accomplished immediately that you just can't do
0: mm-hmm. okay and i i didn't are, explain i didn't explain myself very well sorry what message would you have for our audience of small small to medium sized business owners who may be looking for somebody to get them to consider one of your clients who's who's lost her full time job for because she now has a chronic illness, but is quite capable of working from home part-time. Um, what would be your message for an, one of our audience, a North American small to medium business owner, to try and persuade them to look at one of your clients instead of somebody offshore?
2: Not done that. Not, not thought about that, not worked on that. Most of the women that we're helping with the businesses, we're actually helping them be the business.
0: Oh, I'm with you. Okay, okay. 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 But I I guess there is work to be done on convincing employers to think about hiring people with some form of disability rather than ignore them. Okay. The other thing I was going to ask you is, is, is this, do women with chronic illnesses face greater challenges and barriers to employment or continuing employment than men with similar conditions?
2: I don't know. We we we're doing tons of research on women. Mm -hmm. I've very few men have we looked into because three quarters of the of the people in the society that have these chronic and autoimmune diseases are women. There's a much higher rate of women with these illnesses than there are men. Yeah. I would guess that they probably the men probably have a little bit of an easier time but that that's total speculation i don't have
0: i, I think know. you could well be right on that one yeah yeah um some, something else is the problem i think i know the answer but I, i'd like to get it from you i don't remember as a kid and as a teenager and i i grew up as i said in africa not not in north america i don't remember huge percentages of male or female suffering from autoimmune diseases back when I was a youngster? Was it because that they weren't diagnosed? Was it because the problems got a lot worse? What do you think?
2: I think both, but I think a lot of it is that they just didn't, they still don't talk about it. We're sure. just now breaking into the silence talking about these things. I would think a hundred years ago, um well you didn't have all of the technology you didn't have all of the business that you have now it was much more women were home based to begin mm-hmm. with you know, they were the they were the cooks and the cleaners and and those things so they didn't talk about being sick because they had to do the work. And you've also oh, got yeah, sure. this work ethic in the United States that says, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, do what you got to do. And so people don't don't sit around talking about being sick and not being able to manage. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I I may have been living in a sheltered environment and, and it, in many ways it, it was somewhat sheltered. We didn't have a lot of the pressure that has been put on people in in europe and north america however just one factor i know i can't give you figures but i know the suicide rate back when i was a kid was way below what it is in nowadays now that must have a bearing on something that that's an observation um i could go down all sorts of rabbit holes let's go back to kathleen she's got some more precise questions than i am than my rambling go for it kathleen
1: Did the huge shift to remote uh, work during the lockdowns create opportunities for women uh, that you support?
2: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Like I said, you know, if you can if you can work night and feel fine because you're working at nights, Mm -hmm. you can do that as long as the, if you're working for yourself and you have clients, then the clients really have no say over when you work or how you work, mm-hmm. as long as their job gets completed and you know, in the time frame. Um, if you're working for an employer, an employer can say you need to work from nine to five, even if it's at home. Uh, they have that right. But if they are more understanding and open and say like the client side of this I don't care when you do the work for me any of the people that I have working for me they can do it at two o'clock in the morning they can do it at six o'clock at night I don't care when the work is done Mm -hmm. as long as it's done by Tuesday at noon or whatever Mm -hmm. you know so I think the pandemic gave people more of an opening for being able to work from home and for their employers to be more understanding.
1: Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Something else that, that I think happened, one of the few benefits of this whole lockdown thing, it, in my mind, unless one was an artist or an author or some sort of creative person, to admit one was working from home almost tended to indicate one could not hold down a proper job, right? I may be over-exaggerating, but, you know, there, there was certainly a little bit of a stigma to someone who worked from home, right? So that was blown right out of the window with with the lockdown because all sorts of people from CEOs down started working from home. So I can see that that's created, a, a, you know, quite a big advantage for people as well. Mm-hmm. So, Nancy, I, I have some experience of someone being disabled. That my mother was injured in the terrorist war in, in Africa and lost the use of her right leg at, in her mid-fifties and told she'd never walk again. So, uh, and she did. She she did walk again after a long period of rehabilitation. And she was an amazingly positive person. Who, and my father was murdered while she was still in hospital in another terrorist ambush. So she lost her country, her home use of her legs, everything. And yet she remained positive and she did really well. She lived till she was 90 on her own, uh, only went into hospital 10 days before she died. And it's always amazed me how she Mm -hmm. coped with that. And I've seen with other people, some cope really well, and you're a, a good example of that. Others with much... Uh, less serious challenges go to pieces and never recover. So is there a a single characteristic or mindset that differentiates those who overcome adversity and those that remain victims? What's the the switch? What's the key point, do you think?
2: Well, you remember I said we could bring wine to our meetings. We just couldn't complain. That's the key. You've got to be positive. You've got to be. I, I don't say, you've always got to walk around with a smile on your face and a song in your heart, because that's not realistic. And there's probably not one day goes by that I don't have at least a 10 minute crying fit where I feel sorry for myself and feel angry about what happened. But I'm able to then say, but look at what I've accomplished because of it. Mm-hmm. and I actually say because not in spite mm-hmm. of because I don't believe I would be where I am doing what I am or having anywhere near I I have a PhD in Middle Eastern Affairs. How does that have anything to do <laughs> with this? you know, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. have any knowledge in this field prior to my accident. If I had not had my accident, I wouldn't be here today. And I may not be here, period, because I spent, as I said, I spent a year and a half in a basement, sitting in a bed, not being able to get up and do anything. And I very much didn't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I had not taken that leap from feeling sorry for myself into saying, I am blessed, I am truly, truly blessed that I don't think my life would be the way it is. And I think for people, we're doing a survey right now through the organization, and and one of the questions in it is, how do you think spirituality has an effect on you? It mm-hmm. Does it or whatever? And we've got about 200 people who have taken the survey to date, and every single one of them, in one way or another, has said that without prayer, without church, without music, without taking a walk in the fields, without some sort of meditation, something like that, they would not be here. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. I really, really, really think that it's giving yourself permission to be angry and upset when need be, but only for a small period of time, and then looking to the blessings.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Very good. Thank you.
1: Well, Nancy, you're such an inspiration to uh, so, so many people. So thank you again for being here today. But please tell us, how do people contact you?
2: Well, um, you can contact me through my email, which is nancy at invisiblewarriors.org. But I would much prefer you go to the website because then you can see everything we're doing. You can see all of the board members. You can find out who else. Everybody on the board has an invisible disability of some sort. And there's so many things that we all know and can do that it's not just me. I'm not in this alone. And so I'd much prefer... If they go to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash invisible lawyers.org.
0: org, That will be there for our audio listeners. It'll be in the description so you can pick it up there. Nancy, before we go, just tell our audience a little more. I know it's coming up soon and I, uh, your big fundraiser, your ball in Huntsville. T- tell our audience a little bit about that. What's happening?
2: Well, it's a benefit concert called Silent No More, A Celebration of Hope and Caring. We have 14 musicians that are coming from all over the country. Uh, Several are coming from Nashville. They're Nashville stars. Um, The headliner is actually one of the founding members of the Grand Old Opry. So he's we've we've got another one who just signed on today who's a well-known singer at the Bluebird Cafe which is also mm-hmm. a very historic, you know, um place in in Nashville. We are going to have vendors. We have an, an incredible couple of vendors. One is a gentleman who has invent, invented virtual reality glasses for people who are blind. So if we were sitting here and I was blind, I could put on these glasses and I could actually see what I'm looking at right now. Really? Yeah, it's incredible. And he's going to be there showing his Ah. virtual reality glasses we have a young woman who has invented if if you've got Crohn's or other stomach issues you know it's very difficult to get away from the bathroom (laughs) not a real pleasant piece of conversation but she has created a tailgate toilet which all fits into a backpack and you take it with you and if you've got a Oh, yeah, gotta go. And you just come out and this backpack opens up. It's a tent. It's got this um, seat in there. It's like the material in there is like um, the diaper material. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and then when you're done, it's just in a bag. It just closes up and you can throw it away. You fold the tent down, you put it back in the backpack and on your way you go again. And it's, wow. it's, totally, it's fantastic. She's going to be there. Um, We have a woman who's a Medicare and Social Security expert who's going to be talking to people about how do you get Social Security, how do you get Medicare, all those things. We've got wonderful vendors. We're going to have a cornhole tournament Right. Which I think is just really going to be a lot of fun, and all of the music. There's going to be good food. It, it's just going to be an incredible night on June third. June, June third, and, and all the
0: details on your website.
2: All the details are on the website. Yes, they are.
0: Wow, oh. I wish we lived closer. I'd be there.
2: Yes, absolutely for sure.
0: Wow, lovely, yeah. Nancy. <laughs> and, but a, and you can cook-
2: actually see it on. You can actually see it online. Because we're live streaming it. Oh,
0: okay. Wow. We'll look out for that for sure. Excellent. And a quick last message from me for our audience. We've had another really interesting guest today. We've got a lot more coming up soon. If you don't want to miss out on news about our guests, hop onto our website, com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And then you won't lose out. That's it for me. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks again, Nancy.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you all. And one small message from me. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at, again, theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. We'd love to hear from you. And please let us know what topics are of interest to you. Please uh, provide those in the comments. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.